<clears throat> okay, we are in Sefer Molochim Aleph, Perik Yudches, Pasuk Aleph, Ayihi Yamim Rabim Uzbar Hashem Hayo Eliyahu. And we're back in our third week of podcast, doing magnificently. And for this, we have to thank Danny Agus, our chief engineer and administrator, and of course, the support and um, encouragement of the Congregation Gabura, located in the financial center of Manhattan. Uh, and we are most appreciative. So now, we saw in Peregrine Zion that uh, for the first time, and we said not the last, in the Torah, there was a Trias HaMesim, literally a resurrection of the dead, in that Eliyahu brought back to life this child of the Almana who had been sustaining him with both food and lodging for at least uh, a year. And we saw there that the Medjish gives us a reason why this happened, because it seems unrelated to anything that he's just going to perform a miracle apropos of nothing, Eliyahu. And the Medjish tells us that there are three keys, as it were, that the Kaddish Baruch who keeps to himself does not allow anyone else to have possession of them. But in Eliyahu's case, who, when he declared a unilateral uh, drought, Anachab. He didn't consult anyone. That was what he picked. Didn't set a finite date when it would be over. He gave him the key. Uh, one of the keys is the key to rain. The other is the key to childbirth. The other is to Tias HaMesim. So when he needed this miracle, Eliyahu, to, for Tias HaMesim, he asked the Kaddish Baruch Hu for the second key. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu, according to the Gemara in Sanhedrin, says, is it appropriate that the, uh, the disciple has two of the three keys and the master has only one? In other words, give me back the key to uh, the drought, and here's the key to Tzviyas HaMesim. The reason being that the Kaddish Baruch Hu decided this was enough. This is the third year of the drought. The drought has the devastating effect of um, no rain, no dew, no produce, no food, and therefore starvation with no end in sight. He wants the drought over. And so that's where we pick it up, Periklutches Pasuk Aleph, because immediately after Tzchias HaMesim, it says, by Yamim Rabim, there after many days, Udvar Hashem Hoyoel Eliyahu, the Kaddish Baruch Hu appears to Eliyahu, Vashana Hashlishis, Leimor, Lech Hare El Achav, go to Achav, the Etna Matar Al Penei Ha'adama. And I am going to restore rain and dew on the face of the earth. As the Radak points out in that first Radak of the Perik, um, there were those many who came back in Chuba after the drought. They saw it as a sign of, of divine punishment for them, and they became Balei Chuba. They improved their ways. But old shall you be Israel? Shivas Alafim. There were seven thousand people. Asher lo karu 
that didn't bow to the Baal or surrender to Avodah Zarah. So there was tshuva. You had to reward that tshuva or encourage that tshuva. The Kaddish Baruch Hu wants this drought ended. He comes to see Achav, and the drought was devastating. Uh, it was devastating in all Eretz Yisrael. Shomron is the key uh, capital city of Achav. It was especially devastating there. By Yikra El Achav, in the interim, Achav calls Ovadyahu. Asher al-Habayis. Abadyahu administers Achav's house. He is in charge of the entire operation of the palace. Abadyahu hoyor yorei es Hashem ma'od. And very interestingly, Abadyahu was a tremendous Obed Hashem, a Yiras Hashem, right in Achav's house. And we learn from this that Izebel decreed a terrible massacre on the Nevi'e Hashem, killing them. And Avajahu takes Meon Nevi'im. He's able to save a hundred prophets. And he puts, he divides them up. 50 in one cave, 50 in the other cave, and sustains them. Remember, this is a time of immense famine. Uh, he's risking his life. He is like the head of the king's household. He takes it upon himself to hide these Nevi'im, at the same time sustain them with his own funds. So we need a little background on Obadiah. Who was he? The Medrash tells us he was a Nabi. He was a Nabi who was a convert from Edom, and he appears in Treosar, the book of Minor Prophets. He is the fourth chapter of Ovadjoh. But more importantly than that, the first question he asks is that certainly Achav must have known, if not of the actual hiding of the Nevi'im, of his piety, of his religiosity. Why does Achav sustain him? And the Gemara in Sanhedrin gives us a fascinating glimpse into Achav's personality. Because Achav knew he was a tzaddik, and he knew the history of that if you have a tzaddik in your midst, in your presence, it's going to help you. It's going to enrich you. So let me just read you from Sanhedrin, Lamites on the base, Omar Rav Yaakov. So Achav says to Ovadjah, uh, concerning Yaakov, the Torah says that, you know, love untold him, on account of you, the Kaddish Baruch Hu has enriched me. Moreover, be Yosef Ksiv, concerning Yosef, it says, Hashem Hamitzri Yosef. Potiphar's house was blessed because of the tzidkis of Yosef. Um, however, says Achav, that my house, Lo I have you on here because I, following these other Rishayim, who's the presence of a tzaddik, enriched them, I'm expecting that there would be brachos flowing to me from this. Uh, maybe you 
aren't the tzaddik you're supposed to be. Maybe you aren't the Yerei Elohim. Shema, well, Yerei, is it? And then at that moment, Yotza Baskol, Baskol goes out and says, who Yerei es Hashem ma'od, that extra adjective ma'od, that he exceedingly it's not worthy of a bracha, the house of Acha. So that the Gemara points out, because it says it's greater than Abraham is the praise of Maod. It doesn't say Maod um, he feared Hashem Ma'od. Um, and now the Gemara is, as we've said, how did he get, how was he worthy to Nevius, to merit prophecy? Because Mitnesha, he saved a hundred Nevium from Izebel, who was destroying the prophets, and he divided them 50-50 into two caves and sustained them completely. So that is Obadjahu, a tremendous, undeniable uh, tzaddik, who at great risk to his life and, of course, to his treasure, his money, hid 100 Nevi'im at a terrible time. Meanwhile, the famine is continuing unabated. By Yomer Achav and Obadjahu is told by Achav, Lech ba'aretz, Go through the lands. El call my Look for springs of water, rivulets, ponds. El Maybe we will find something, some growth, some saplings, some produce. We will be able to sustain donkeys, uh, horses. And our animal stock will not be totally destroyed. What he does with he and Ovajo divide the land between them. One's going to take one side, the other's going to take that side. And he goes himself. They separate and go in separate directions. Just looking for some sign of life. Yes. It's a little bit odd, isn't it? That two people. He's a king. Right. Doesn't send out, like, army people or... or uh, to, to, you know, scour the land. Yeah. It could be the devastating He may not even want to know. He may not want people to know how devastating it is. And he was that kind of person that he did go on his own. He went alone. Um, meanwhile, is on his He meets Eliyahu. He recognizes him. Of course, he would recognize him because he was a disciple of Eliyahu. As Eliyahu had four disciples, Elisha, Obadjahu, Micha, and Yonah. But he recognizes him, and apparently, the mentor said, from this Elio aged a lot. His beard grew, etc., in the three years, so he recognizes him. By upon him, he falls on the ground. By Yomaha, Tose Adoni Elio, are you my Lord, my Master Elio? By Yomelo, Anilah, I am he. 
Now he says, Emor la Adonecha. He throws that phrase, Adonia, back to him as if to say, Now tell your Lord, Achav, Hine Elio, that I am here. Come to get me Elio, as we know, during Ezebel's uh, ruthless search to destroy the prophets of Israel were frustrated because he had escaped and they could not find him. By Yomer Mechatasi, he says, first of all, he's very hurt by that description that Achav is his Adam. By Yomer Mechatasi, he Are you turning me over now to Achav to kill me? Chai Hashem he takes a shvua by the Kaddish Baruch Hu. There is no nation. Uh, Achav has sent emissaries to every nation. There's even a Gemara that Achav ruled the world that he read at one point. The Amru, and he said, he's not here. Now it's not enough for Achav. He adjures them. He swears them to that as that they've never seen Eliyahu, that they did not see him, which is the truth. They did not find him. And now you are telling me to go to Achab and say, Eliyahu's here in such and such, but it's a death sentence. Why? I am going to go for you to report what you've told me. Hashem, a wind will transform. You will be transported and you will not be where you said you're going to be. I'm going to tell below They're not going to find him. So what are they going to do? They're going to kill me. And I have um, feared the Kaddish Baruch all my life. And now he's telling him what he did. Have I not told you what I have done when Jezebel tried to kill all the Nabiim? I hid the last hundred surviving Nabiim, 50 in one cave, 50 in another cave. They say the reason for the division is that he borrowed that from Yaakov in preparing to meet Asa. You don't put all your pieces in one basket, so he divided them. And I sustained them and my own of bread and water. Do you realize how I risked my life? It's interesting, by the way, the Mephoshim say that one of the merits, if you can believe it, of Achav and his generation was that they didn't inform, they didn't speak Lashon Hara. People knew that the Nevi'im were hidden. Nobody told anybody that they were hidden or where they were hidden. And he continues, so now you're telling me, after all I've done, go to Achav, tell him I'm in place A, by the time he comes there, he will be lifted by magical winds out of danger, and I'm left there saying, yeah, he's here, but he's not here now, they're going to kill me. Blessed are you that has done this standing up to Achav. I will go to Achav myself. Achav 
Achav goes out to meet Eliyahu. But, and, and it must show how desperate Achav is to end this. He knows about where this came from, the drought. So he will go out to meet Eliyahu. By Hikaros Achav is Eliyahu. And now he says, By Yomer Achav love. Instead of repentance, instead of tshuva, instead of a plea to end this, he says, are you the one, the troublemaker? Ocher is one who stirs. Are you the stirrer of all the trouble? Because he's blaming Eliyahu for everything. I have not stirred Israel. You and your father's house. You have left the mitzvahs. And you go to the Baal. And now Eliyahu devises something. No one told him to do this. Hashbarku certainly didn't tell him what to do this next. What he does and we're going to see is an amazing confrontation between one man, Eliyahu, and all the priests of Lebal. Vatashlach Kavots, he says to Achav, gather for me, Elias, call Yisrael, El Har Carmel. All Israel come to the Mount of Carmel. There's Nevi'eh Habal, and now the Nevi'eh Habal are Barmeos for 450. Nevi'eh Asherah, and the Nevi'eh Asherah are Barmeos who are sustained at the table of Izeva. Is it all 850 Nevi'im are sustained Izeva? No. Say them a portion, but despite that she was the biggest proponent of the Baal, she also was very fond, as it were, of the Asherah. So fond that they were the ones that were sustained at the table, and as we're going to see, they do not show up as bidden at Har Carmel by Elio because she ordered them. She couldn't care less about Elio and his confrontation and Mount Carmel. She ordered them not to show, only the priests of the Baal. By Yishlach Acha, Bechobene Yisrael, by Yikbots, Eshanavim, El Har Har Carmel. And he has gathered all everyone else in, in Israel to Har Har Carmel, where we have set the stage for one of the most historic confrontations in all Torah between those priests of the Baal of Avodah and the single lone figure of the Nabi of the Kaddish Baruch Hu Eliyahu, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. Ad Kahn.